Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, Timberlake. Dr. Alfred Tomatis was a renowned otolaryngologist, a doctor who focuses on ears, nose, and throats. He found a very interesting case in his 50-year career. An opera singer had been referred to him because he had mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes, even though those certain notes were well within his vocal range. He'd been to numerous uh, other ear, nose, and throat doctors um, with that specialty, and, and all of them thought it was a vocal problem. But Dr. Tomatis had a different thought. Within his studies, he discovered that even an average opera singer produced 140 decibel sound waves at a few feet's distance. And by the way, that volume is just a little bit louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. (laughs) So if that was the case within a few feet, imagine the sound and the volume that was in the opera singer's skull. That discovery led to a diagnosis. The opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. The lack of ability to hit certain notes was caused by the lack of ability to hear certain notes. If you can't hear a note, you can't sing that note. And so in in Dr. Tomatis' words, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. This was later dubbed by medical professionals the the Tomatis effect. So what if we take this idea um, of not being able to reproduce what we, we cannot hear and look at maybe the problems in our own lives. Uh, We we face many problems, whether they're at home or at work, uh, with friendships, personal problems, relational problems. Whatever they are, we usually aren't really good at solving our own problems. We like to find solutions, right? We like to find solutions, but we like to treat symptoms rather than focusing on the root cause, a spiritual tomatus effect. Mark Batterson says it like this, is it possible that what we perceive to be relational, emotional, and spiritual problems are actually hearing problems? Ears that have been deafened to the voice of God. And it's that inability to hear his voice that causes us to lose our voice and to lose our way. My name is Cord Doss. Uh, I'm the minister of worship, and it's exciting for me to to be with you this morning. Uh, We're starting a new series Uh, It's called Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. And as Pastor Brad, um, myself, and the various other um, leaders of our church, we meet with people regularly, uh, either that one-on-one or in our life groups or maybe random conversations on Sunday morning or during the week. Uh, There seems to be a, a running problem or a running question. How do I know what God wants me to do? Or, or what is God saying to me? So when Pastor Brad was planning uh, the sermon series uh, for 2022, the calendar year, um, I I mentioned a book called Whisper uh, by Mark Batterson, a book that my life group uh, last year, uh, last fall went through. And and I I think it's an idea that I think all of us as Christians, whether we're new believers or seasoned believers, we struggle with this, discerning the voice of God. So our series is loosely based on uh, Mark's book called Whisper, and uh, he tells us that there are seven ways that God speaks, okay? He speaks through scripture, desires, doors, dreams, people, promptings, and pain. 
So Pastor Brad's gonna be unpacking several of these over the month of September uh, during the rest of our series. But I am here today, I'm here today to tell you that God still speaks. He still speaks, he still uses his voice. God is speaking, but are we listening? And is he the loudest voice in our lives? And if he is not, that's a problem. See, we have many things in our lives filling our ears with noise. Our lives can be so off key that we've been deafened by by the negative self-talk that God could never get a word in. Maybe it's the television or radio or um, some other piece of electronics taking away the ability to focus in on the voice that can speak so beautifully through silence. Or maybe it's the voice of of self-criticism, you know, that has filled our heads for so long that we can't believe anything else about ourselves. If we do not silence those competing voices, they will eventually deafen us. We won't be able to live the life that that God wants us to because we can't hear him giving us direction. This spiritual Timonus effect is deafening us to the voice of God and deafening us to the direction that he has us hopefully going on. All right, question. Have you ever been in a crowded restaurant or a a crowded room and you're meeting, say, with a friend or a colleague or a spouse, um, anyone, and that person's trying to tell you something pretty personal, right? And so something you're very important. And so you're trying to listen, but this crowded room, this crowded restaurant creates so much noise around you. No matter how close you get, you really can't hear what they say, what the important thing they're trying to share with you. Uh, for example, uh, for me personally, um, my wife and I, we like to get ready at the same time uh, on, on different mornings, and so uh, we'll be in the bathroom, in the bedroom, kind of getting ready at the same time. And those are separate rooms, they are connected. Uh, but as we're getting ready, um, you know, we'll talk about our day, you know, the plans for the day, uh, what, you know, what our school schedules look like for the kids, um, anything like that. Or maybe my wife is reminding me, like, hey, we need this at the grocery store, make sure we get this, or hey, don't forget to pick up Leitner here, you know, all those things, something very, very important, right? Like something I really need to listen to. So as we're getting ready, uh, it's time for me to brush my teeth. Yes, my dentist is right here. Yes, I brush my teeth. Uh, it's good. Um, uh, and so I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm brushing away, shh, brushing my teeth, and the water's running on the sink, and the fan's still going from being in the, in the bathroom shower, and all this noise is happening around me, and, and my wife is trying to tell me something so important, but I can't hear a word she's saying. A word she's saying. See, as I'm getting ready, my world at that time is full of the noise that I, that I turned on myself, that I, that I cannot even hear the important message, the most, the most important message in the world <laughs> from my wife, the, the, the important message that she wants to relay to me. I think the same thing goes for our listening ears, being overwhelmed with the noise around us that God can't get a word in. Let's look again at the scripture uh, this morning from 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, verse 11 through 13. It says this, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God's whisper is powerful. God's whisper is powerful. Mark Batterson tells us again that there are seven ways that God speaks. 
Scripture, desires, doors, dreams, people, promptings, and pain, and all of these are powerful forms of communication. It says, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. God's whisper is powerful. God's voice is powerful. That same voice, the same whisper spoke the cosmos into existence. The same whisper parted the Red Sea. It made the sun stand still in the midday sky. In Genesis uh, 1, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God said, say this with me, let there be light. He spoke light into existence. He brought new life. And one day, this voice, this same whisper is going to make all things new. But it's also speaking to you right now. Are you listening? See, there's nothing that God's, God's voice cannot say and cannot do. And frankly, he can do it however he would like, however he pleases. He can speak through a burning bush. He can speak through a donkey. He can stop a storm on the Sea of Galilee with three simple words, peace be still. But that's, that's tough for us to comprehend because here's why. We, we use our voices for about one thing, to communicate. That, that's about it. See, but God, he uses his for the most beautiful and the most powerful ways. God's whisper is powerful. God's whisper is intimate and personal. Let's look at the dictionary definition of the word whisper. Uh, it's a verb, and it says, speak very softly using one's breath without one's vocal cords, especially for the sake of privacy. So when someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear them. You have to put your ear almost right next to their mouth. We can't be far away from someone uh, to understand or to hear what they have to say. We have to lean into a whisper. That's what God wants. God wants us to lean into him, to draw close into his presence, not our own, but his. See, but God's purpose is not to make it difficult to hear him. Don't mistake in, um, his volume with a hardness or, or a lack of desire for connection. See, no, God wants to know us and for us to know him. God's whisper is intimate and personal. And because we're so used to using our voices to just communicate, we think the goal of hearing our Heavenly Father's voice is just that, to actually hear his voice. But that isn't God's goal. See, God's goal is intimacy with us, so he speaks in a whisper, so we have to draw close to him. So I used my wife uh, earlier, uh, her voice in the sermon, because, you know, I know her. Um, but there's another person whose voice I could pick out of the loudest, the most crowdest room. My mom's. <laughs> yes, Rara, as my kids call her. She has a very distinctive, a very high-pitched, a very loud voice. But if it wasn't for the years of relational impact years of caring for me, and years of yelling her ears off at karate tournaments or other sporting events, her voice would just drown out in the crowd. 
I wouldn't be able to decipher it, to understand it, to, to discern the love that comes from it. See, that same personal connection I have with my mom is the same personal connection and more that God wants with us. It's a, it's a learned understanding. It's not just acquired, it is learned. See, God wants to be on a personal and intimate connection with us all. God's whisper is intimate. God's whisper is personal. I have two uh, small children, and sometimes I like to play a little trick on them as well. I like to speak in a whisper. I like to play this little trick for a couple reasons. Um, I do it so they, they have to get close to hear me. And, and when I do, uh, when they do, I, I grab them and I hug them, and I hug them so tight that if they're quiet and if they're still enough, they can hear my heart beating. God plays that same trick on us. God wants us to lean in close to him so we can hear what he has to say. But more than God, more than that, God wants to know our heart. And God wants us to hear his heart. He wants us to know how much that he loves us. And I want to tell you something that might scare you a little bit, okay? Um, but if you aren't willing to listen to everything that God has to say, eventually you won't hear anything God has to say. If you want to hear his comforting voice, you have to hear his convicting voice. And I think sometimes, let's be honest, we're, we're afraid of what God is going to say. Anybody else? Like, I don't know if I want to do that, God. I have to listen to you here. Uh, you're, that's not you. Uh, you didn't say, you don't really mean that. I think that's it's because sometimes we don't know his heart and his heart for us. God's whisper is intimate. God's whisper is personal. It's easy to miss God's whisper when we are constantly surrounded by noise. Back in a 1970 study in New York, um, Arlene Bronzoft found that children were assigned to classrooms on the side of the school facing the elevated train tracks were 11 months behind their counterparts on the quieter side of the building. 11 months, that's almost a complete full academic year. Now, not only were the trains disruptive, but the teacher, the teacher actually had to stop teaching. The teacher stopped about 11% of the time. So by the, by the sixth grade, uh, these children were nearly a year behind those on the quiet side of the building. All right, so after the New York City Transit found out about this, uh, they placed some noise abatement um, equipment on the tracks. And a follow-up study found that the groups, there was no difference. No difference between the two groups. See, these children had so much noise, so much disruption in their learning, that it hindered their actual ability to learn. So, are there disruptions in your life? What kind of noise do you experience every day that hinders you from hearing the voice of God? And yes, sometimes it's, it's the voice of something else, okay? We are constantly surrounded by various media that do their best to place um, narratives in our lives that try to define us or place narratives in our lives that become desires of our own. We are impressionable people, right? Sometimes it's the voice of something else, and other times it's our own voice. We speak so much into our own lives that we never take the time to listen to what God has to say to us or God has to say for us. And when we finally realize that, that that is a problem, this is what we know. We know 
that we need to hear what God has to say more than what we have to say. And it's, it's, it's quite possible that you've heard God's voice before. And you might have heard it already, but you really didn't recognize it as such. See, it doesn't have to be loud, or it doesn't have to be spectacular to be God, but we have to be ready to listen. It's easy to miss God's whisper when we are constantly surrounded by noise. Reminder, Mark Bideson says that God speaks to us through our seven different love languages. Scripture, desires, doors, dreams, people, promptings, and pain. You know, we have many, uh, many voices crowding our minds and hearts, and we get used to hearing every voice besides the voice of God, but God has not left us unequipped. See, he teaches us how to be discerning of the voices that we hear. Let's look at uh, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Okay, uh, who here remembers the, uh, the bubble sheets uh, when you're taking a test like this? Who remember, yeah. Do, do they still use those today? Yes, they do? Oh, okay, cool, sweet. So if not, this is what they look like, all right? Um, there's a couple people in the uh, first service that had never seen them, I think. I don't know, it's okay. Might be an age thing, maybe. We'll see. Uh, so uh, this piece of paper with no questions on it, no directions on the specific type of test you were taking, with this piece of paper, you could take pretty much any test, right? Uh, but it was only useful if the teacher or the school had an answer key with the correct answers. See, it, it, was, it was useless otherwise. Just a weird-looking piece of paper with bubble art, right? <laughs> so the answer key carried all the weight. It was the foolproof version that the teachers measured every answer to. Scripture is our answer key. Scripture is our answer key. We can know God by reading his word. The Bible is God's gift for us, to us, his very words written for his people. You know, we can experience so many things in our lives. Uh, we can hear some, some many messages, great sermons, uh, so many good words from friends. But if we don't go to our answer key, our, our Bibles to, to discern, we will not fully understand what God is actually speaking to us. Yes, all right, it, it's not as simple as just having a question and just randomly open up the book and like, oh, there, here's my answer, thanks God. No, 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 yeah, you can do that, but... It's the studying, it's the, the chewing on, it's, it's speaking about it to others. It, it's living out what scripture says. You know, as we read a lot in the Old Testament, uh, God used many ways to speak to his people, you know, a burning bush, uh, parting the waters, dreams, you know, the elements like, like uh, wind and storms. And that was mostly because we were separated from him because of our sin. Because of the sin in our lives, uh, the presence of God was something we could never experience, not, not really experience. But then comes Jesus Christ. See, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be united with God for eternity. He laid down his life so that we could live, and because of God's great love, sending his son, 
we get the opportunity and the privilege of speaking and listening to God. So what does that look like for you in your life? How is God speaking to you? How are you doing with listening? I want to close today with another scripture story that I think is a beautiful understanding of the discernment we should have with God. It's a little long though, so I want you to like settle in, you know, sit up if you want to, okay? It's a little long, um, but let's look at 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Seven simple but powerful words. See, our prayers can be so beautiful, so full of wonderful, expressive language about God and towards God, but what if we're called to listen more than we speak? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I think it would be a disservice to everyone in this room and the ones joining us online um, to not remind us all that we are in a season of discernment. Discernment, to obtain spiritual guidance and understanding. You know, for many parts of my life, and I think others as well, uh, we feel so prepared to speak truth about things that we kind of shoot off at the hip. You know, we know what to do. Uh, we know what to say. You know, but, but God has us in this season for a reason. See, this season of discernment is not set up by man or by a committee or most definitely by, not by a denomination. No, this is where God has us. Right here, right now. And as much as we all want to speak what should happen or what we believe or, or what we think is right or wrong, uh, God's hope for us in this season is that we just be quiet and listen. Sorry, I mean, I, and I said it, I kind of want you to shut up, but yes, 
See, we can't continue to create noise around ourselves and around others and then expect there to be clear reception for God to guide our lives, for God to guide our church. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What if we're actually willing to repeat that prayer throughout our day? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, sometimes a repeated prayer um, can become maybe kind of stagnant or maybe empty of meaning sometimes, maybe even pointless. But when you pray it and you really mean it, that's when the Holy Spirit can take a hold of you and you will be so surprised of what God can do. But I want you to remember this today, okay? It's not really God speaking any louder than before. It's you being able to listen a little better, listen a little closer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we we always have many things to say, God. Many things running through our thoughts, through our minds. But God, right now, I'm asking that you would speak. That you would be the loudest voice in our heads. That the noise, the distractions, the what ifs, the what abouts, the I forgots, they would be silenced by the enormous, enormous sound of your voice. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen.